Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillah ve salatu vesselamu ala Resulillah ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve men wala. Welcome everybody to the Safi Society Nothing But Facts live stream on a gorgeous Thursday in the great state of New Jersey. As we continue our coverage, which has in a little bit slowed down slightly. However, we do have news out of Damascus and Halab, Aleppo. That those airports, excuse me, I'm uh, still catching myself up here. Those airports have, <coughs> excuse me, those airports have been bombed. Um, don't think there are any civilian casualties or military casualties, but they're just basically ensuring, cutting off those supply lines. So those airports have been attacked and bombed. Uh, and we have, you know, some... Sort of funny, pathetic, whatever you want to call it, um, things coming out of Hollywood and the celebrity circle, like LeBron James comes up with a ridiculous statement, okay? Um, LeBron James, of course, Mr. Activist himself, going out for, uh, uh, going to bat for Israel. How about Jamie Lee Curtis? This one's the funniest one, Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis puts up a picture of poor babies looking at bombs in the street. And she says, terror from the sky. Hashtag Israel, Israeli flag. Hey, Jamie Lee, by the way, those are Palestinian kids. And she deletes it. Of course, they caught it first, right? But she deletes it, which is hilarious. Here you have somebody here saying... Jamie Lee Curtis posted this picture because she thought the picture showed Israeli children. As soon as she learned they were Palestinian children, she deleted the post. Okay. How about Justin Bieber? I guess he's still a thing. Uh, Justin Bieber posting that, you know, pray for Israel. He doesn't realize it's over a picture of Gaza. The destruction that he's posting a picture of is Gaza. Not Israel. So uh, Hollywood folks really falling over themselves. In other news, Ben Shapiro actually losing it. You should worry about this guy. Um, him and all of his followers on campuses peddling their 40 babies conspiracy, uh, which is a lie by probably one of the worst. She's got to get the award for the worst journalistic uh, uh, lie propagated. Nicole Sadecki, apparently her name is. Of course, she's in. A, she's the home. It's the hometown journalist. You know the Homer. It, when there's a, when there's a game or something, the Homer is the guy. He's from the home team. What does he do? Of course, everything to him is against his team, right? Oh, the 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 refs are are against our team. Everything with my team is innocent. She's a Homer. She's not some neutral uh, uh, journalist from. She's from the from Israel, and. She's the one who made up this lie. Of course, they're probably going to give her an award. In any other country, she'd be fired. Uh, there was a protest supposed to happen today at Rutgers. They forced the students to do it on Zoom. What? In contrast, there's all sorts of graffiti written on Rutgers spouting the 40 baby lie conspiracy. Okay, It's a 40 baby conspiracy. They don't even have a picture of one decapitated baby. They don't even have a picture of whether babies were killed at all. Okay. 
they have a picture of a baby in a crib with some playing cards, okay, and a bottle. Well, here's the thing is why this thing was created. I mean, they have, there's a theory now of why the picture was, it was, it was, it was staged. It's because there's, bl- there's blood under the bottle, but not on the bottle itself, right? The baby bottle, apparently, has no blood on it, but there's blood all under the bottle. It's like they put the blood there, then put, there is so much disinformation, propaganda, and nonsense going on that you got to keep in mind that you can't really believe anything that you're seeing unless it has some context to it. Israel, uh, uh, like the national Twitter page, said, oh, we're shaking as we, we write this post. And they put a picture of a baby uh, with its head uh, blurred out, a face, I should say, blurred out. So that is a dead baby, okay? So clearly there is a dead baby. How, what, what, what is the context of that picture? Right. And there's no decapitation at all. So but it's people like Ben Shapiro who are uh, luckily Muhammad Hijab seems to got under his skin. Pierce Morgan will never put him on. And let's take a look at uh, this is what went down yesterday afternoon. Let's take a look at this. I haven't seen it, by the way. It's my first time. So it's going to be an instant reaction. And there's a, a, a person called Mohammed Hijab in a video called in responding to Ben Shapiro on Israel. He says this. First and foremost, I'll say, yes, we condemn any woman, child, or whatever it may be that's being killed who's Jewish and is not a non-combatant. But why is it the case, Ben, huh? Why is it the case that you, none of your colleagues or you, have been able to offer one single condolence one single condemnation, one single word of sympathy for any of the Gazans that have been killed. Don't try and smear us. Don't try and slander us. Don't try and attack. Don't try and produce red earrings. And I think you're an ass, a jackass. And we're not talking about Hamas. We're talking about children here. We're talking about women here. We're talking about elderly people. You make me sick. You make me sick. What's your response to that, Ben? I mean, that will be, I'm sure, a reaction you've heard from a lot of people. What do you feel about that? I mean, my obvious response is, of course, I feel horrible for the people who are being held by Hamas in a state of tyranny for the past 15 years. Hamas was the elected government in Gaza in 2006. There hasn't been an election since then. Uh, all the people who are who are today ranting, as, as you heard Mohammed Hijab doing right there, I, I don't hear them talking about liberating Gaza from Hamas, which is the greatest threat to the to the way of life of Gazans on planet Earth. Again, I have nothing but sympathy for Hamas, uh, for, for the people that Hamas is, is governing or the people that Hamas is exploiting, really. I have nothing but sympathy for civilians there. Israel has to defend itself. I don't understand exactly what the expectation would be here. Is the, is the expectation that because Hamas uses human shields, that Israel therefore has to go home and wait to, be, to, to have its people murdered again? Now, Israel tried it the way that, that Mohammed Hijab and others would like. Israel literally pulled, in 2005, they literally pulled thousands of Jews out of the Gaza Strip. It was called the disengagement. And it was massively unpopular in wide swaths of Israel. They, they pulled out, they built a wall, and they basically said, go ahead and govern yourselves. And this is the result of that. You think Israel, you think I, you think anyone in Israel, no one in Israel 
wants to reoccupy the Gaza Strip. No one. That's why Israel has been studiously avoiding reoccupying the Gaza Strip since 2006, despite the fact that they have been living underground in large parts of Israel for weeks at a time because of rocket attacks that have been fired on a regular basis from the Gaza Strip <clears throat> into major cities. But let me ask you, let me ask you this, Ben. Uh, in listen, Gaza, you have right. two million... Listen, we can play games all day, and that's what uh, Ben Shapiro has the luxury of playing little mind, little logic games and let's flip it around and reframe it as the Gazans. Yes, I do sympathize with them uh, because they're the, you know, being tyrannically ruled by Hamas. And these are games, okay, logic games, propaganda games, repeat the same conspiracy over and over. And you got talk, you know, people who don't get up off the computer, like people like Scott Adams all day, writing new smart aleck comments none of this is going to matter in the long term in the long term the project is not tenable for one simple reason the statistics show that israeli youth are really not interested in putting up a fight anymore the statistics show that the the attendance or or they're 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 showing up to for for two years of military training doesn't affect them in any way, shape, and form. They're still just attending raves and going uh, to concerts and not wanting to enlist, right? Not wanting to actually fight. So forget all this. Don't don't be taken up by all of the smoke and mirrors. That's really what it is. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Repetition of sayings and him there, the right to Israel has the right to defend itself. How many times are we going to repeat that, Right. It's just repeated so often, like a litany. None of it matters. What matters is what happens on the ground. And the trends on the ground are not in favor of them continuing this aggressive stance towards Gaza because you don't have the personnel that will continue it, that will be willing to put up the fight in the future. You don't have the personnel. You don't have the generation to do that. That's why I'm actually, the clock is ticking. And it's not ticking because anybody's going to uh, 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 you know, like we don't know any anyone who's going to attack Israel. Seems everyone is capitulating. Hamas aside, it's because your own generation and your own youth. It took a lot for Ben Gurion, Golda Meir, all those previous generations to put up the state of Israel. And one time there was a, there was um, who was it? I think it was Anwar Sadat, and he told, I think, uh, Ben-Gurion, or who was it with? No, it wasn't Ben, I can't remember who it was. Told him that, um, you know, this is not going to last. He said, I know it's not going to last, but it's not your generation of Arabs, he's saying, is not the one that's going to, to knock us out. And this gener- and my generation is not the one that's going to be defeated, Right. Because they knew that they, they knew how to work. They knew how to sacrifice. They knew the meaning of sacrifice. Well, this new generation of, uh, of, his, of Israeli youth, I mean, just like any other pampered youth in the world, I'm not worried about them. Trust me, they're going to implode on the inside. They don't have what it takes. Just give it, if not them, they may survive on the strength of the institutions built by their fathers and the relationships around the world in the Israel lobby built by Benjamin Netanyahu's generation. The next generation, if not them, the next generation, will be 
a group of incompetence and will simply use their power in an unwise fashion that will land them in the history books, okay, for bad reasons, for wrong reasons. I want to read you this uh, statement from David Ben-Gurion, but first, and take a short breather. Give me one second. I'll be right back. In the meantime, I'm going to take you take the mic and tell everyone about GRT. We're supporting GRT. We're trying to send our money for those who are suffering around the world. GRT, here we go. All right, so if you're on YouTube, uh, you can probably see it. What's uh, on the screen? I'm going to try to fix it for the Instagrammers as well. But let's see. Put it in the middle. Um, so if you want to support, I know that when it comes to these times and it comes to charities, a lot of them are unreliable. But alhamdulillah, we have uh, a correspondent in Palestine right now, currently. He's on the ground, as you can see. Uh, that's him in the picture on the newspaper. So if you want to donate, I sent the link uh, in the YouTube comments. It's GRT. GRTUK.org uh, slash Safina uh, Society. So if you want to donate, inshallah, that's a good place to do it, to support Palestine. And so I'm going to go through, these, uh, through the slides. So these are like the packages. Uh, so these are like for 500 pounds. Uh, you can get an entire, uh, basically all of the kits. So the food kit, uh, medicine, shelter, and the emergency survival packs. And then that's just some information. Uh, and... So it's 100 pounds for an emergency uh, survival kit, right? And it comes with food and other, uh, other things as well. And that's more information right there. If you want to scan the QR code, I don't know if you can see it, but... So it's 10 pounds for a medical aid kit to support the uh, people of Sham. 60 pounds for a food pack. 30 pounds for an emergency shelter. And then, as you can see, that's a picture. Uh, the brother in the green, that's the... Uh, the person we are working with and uh, he's uh, helping out he's on the ground right now taking care of uh, those in need so inshallah if you can donate it's a, this is a wonderful place to donate to uh, DRT has been it's, it's a reliable site so let's see yeah uh, when will you upload inshallah we'll try to get the NBF episodes on Spotify uh, whenever we get a chance Also, uh, by the way, just, to, just wanted to mention something. So yesterday, uh, we had a stream, right? And usually our streams go up on YouTube, but uh, it was taken down yesterday for hate speech. So a lot of you were mentioning that it was taken down as you were watching it. But if you want to watch the stream, it's on Facebook. So Facebook didn't take it down, alhamdulillah. Uh, but YouTube did. So they deleted the uh, video for hate speech. Uh, you know, hopefully this it doesn't happen with today's stream and stuff, but... Who knows? Inshallah, inshallah, it works out. You can read Hizb uh, al-Nasr. We read, we read it yesterday. Hizb al-Nasr, we do it on Wednesdays. But uh, inshallah, I'll ask Dr. Shadi. Uh, we can make du'a for the people of Palestine. Yeah, so yeah, they, they did take it down yesterday. Um, also, I wanted to mention something. There's something known as canarymission.com. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but... Uh, you know, I don't think I really need to explain it too much. It's kind of something you can search up on your own and uh, you'll see what it is. Um, 
basically it's, you know, these Zionists are funding this website with hundreds of millions of, of dollars where they track every person who speaks against them. So we actually have some of the people from our community are on that website and it has every little quotation from them, like what they tweeted on this day, what they posted on Instagram this day against, you know, uh, Al-Yahud uh, and stuff like that. It's actually very scary. And I know some people who have been uh, barred from jobs and from traveling and stuff like that simply because they're on this website. And it's like minor stuff. So just be careful uh, about what you search up. And yeah, don't actually, yeah, your <coughs> Sharif is, is right. He's saying don't search up the website. Uh, because the Google rank, rank will go up. Yeah, so that's that's a good point, uh, actually. But yeah, be careful with these things. I think uh, a good point to take note of is it's it's not smart to really back yourself or, or really die on the hill of an organization. So, be, you know, being a supporter of Hamas or whatever, it's, I think rather it's uh, better to tackle it from the perspective of uh, the situation itself, Right instead of really uh, arguing from the side of an organization. Uh, usually that's what gets people in trouble. So, uh, And if you don't have, like, you know, if, if, there's, no, if there's no need for you to speak up, uh, I think just, just be smart about it. Uh, don't don't post, post foolish things on the, inter on the internet as well. Uh, yeah, so we're back. All right, here we go. The Israel lobby and U.S. foreign policy. The Israel lobby has been in full swing like never before. Who wrote, who wrote this book? John Mearsheimer and Stephen Walt. Consider what Ben-Gurion, who was the first prime minister of Israel and its primary national founder, I think I said Sadat and Ben-Gurion. I meant Menachem Begin. It wasn't Ben-Gurion. He wrote this in his diary on January... <coughs> Excuse me. Took a smoker today. January 1st, 1948. Okay. Uh, at a time when he was involved in a series of important meetings with other Zionist leaders about how to deal with the Palestinians in their midst. There is a need now, he says, quote, for strong and brutal reaction. We need to be accurate about timing, place, and those we hit. If we accuse a family, we need to harm them without mercy, women and children included. Otherwise, this is not an effective reaction. There is no need to distinguish between guilty and not guilty. It is hardly surprising, end of quote. The authors, Mearsheimer and Walt, say it's hardly surprising that this sort of guidance from the Zionist leadership, you know, that's like their George Washington. Ben-Gurion is like their George Washington. Okay. Summarize the emerging policy led Jewish soldiers to commit atrocities. Right. That is this book, if you're ever interested in it. The Israel Lobby. You got this book? I wonder if it's at the Alexander Library at Rutgers or they removed it. The Israel Lobby by John Mearsheimer and Stephen M. Walt. How a power, powerful American interest group has created havoc in the Middle East, damaged Israel itself, and now threatens an even more perilous future. Why would I this come on my radar today? Because 
in the discussion in the uh, on the allegiance between America and Israel, you try to think, what do the Americans get back from this? Right? They're not getting anything back. It's like their ears are twisted or their their hands are tied. What are the Americans getting back from th- this relationship? Has anyone ever been able to give an answer? You know, to what what are the Americans getting back in this in this relationship? Like, huh? Yeah, I mean, like it seems so one sided. It is completely one sided. It's a completely one sided, and that's why I want to study look a little bit here before we get to messianism. Okay, seventy five years of U.S. support for Israel briefly explained. It looks maybe a bit boring, but. We'll just take a look at this. Maybe we'll learn something. President Dwight D. Eisenhower was the first, okay, was one of the first presidents to recognize Israel, but he also was the first to become infuriated with Israel. How did that happen? Okay. He says here that they were infuriated when Israel, France, and the United Kingdom attacked Egypt in 1956 in an attempt to seize the Suez Canal and overthrow President Gamal Abdel Nasser. So back in 1956, Israel tried to take over Egypt. Eisenhower pressured the countries to remove their troops, which he did. So that is... um, Really one of the first chapters in the history of Israel now. It's eight years old. Israel is eight years old when it does this. David Ben-Gurion was the prime minister. And they went in along with the UK and France. Okay. And because of these antics is why the third world were the people, were the nations that were neither supporting the United States in the Cold War nor the Soviet Union. But the Arabs, as uh, being in that neutral block, started to tend towards the socialists and the Soviet Union, okay? As nations, not necessarily, as governments, not as people. As people and individuals, Arabs tended to lean to the culture of the West, culturally, okay? In in imitation and mimicking them and wanting to live amongst them, etc., All right, next, in the 60s, Kennedy engaged in a quiet pressure campaign to let U.S. inspectors into nuclear sites, and he was concerned about Israel's nuclear ambition, and he wanted, okay, to end Israel's nuclear ambitions. Okay, some people um, I see here are asking about yesterday's stream. They took it down. Fortunately, yesterday's stream was taken down because there's an organization called Propaganda and Co. that are trying to uh, expose lies being told during this war. And YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, they're all after that channel. Anyone who posted on this channel, which we did yesterday, we posted their clip, was out. So yesterday's live stream can be found on my Facebook page. Dr. Shadian Musi Facebook page. Okay. All right, there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but this is not, it's just incidents that occurred. All right, and it's not anything that's, uh, 
is really interesting to read. It's just history lesson. Now let's get to our point. The Red Heifer and the Third Temple Messianism of Israel. What does all this mean? Okay. Firstly, Messianism is a mode of behavior. It's a way of living that is determined by beliefs about the end of time. Okay. So messianism refers to certain beliefs you have about the end of time and you act according to those beliefs. So um, the biggest feature in messianism is that between Jews and Christians and Palestine is that the Christians believe that Jesus will come back at the end of time. Okay. And he will usher in a thousand years of peace. Okay. Okay. But he will only come in at the end of time when the Jews build the temple again. So it's very important for them to support Israel. Some people hold that this whole end time theory, they note that it's only held by certain evangelical Christians, that it's actually a Jewish creation to convince evangelicals to support Israel. That what you desire will occur only when our state is built, so go build our state for us. That is the concept. This is also uh, discussed in a concept called forcing God's hands, or forcing God's hand. Uh, all right. So the, the concept of the red heifer now, and messianism, is the idea that we need, okay, <clears throat> Evangelicals need to see Israel propped up and rebuild the temple so that Jesus can come back. All right, so well, what is required to build the temple? What's required to build the temple in the usul of the Jewish religion is two things. Either one of two things. Either um, the entire nation of, of the Jews repents and has the will to build the temple. Ijma, right? Nationwide Toba and all this. Or in lieu of the nationwide Toba repentance to do this, uh, they need a perfectly red three year old cow. It cannot have a single white or black hair on it. They slaughter this cow, then burn it at the top of a hill that overlooks the old temple of Solomon. This ashes of this, the ashes of this red cow, this obsession with the cow, Quran tells us about the yellow cow, now we have a red cow, okay? The ashes then shall be mixed with live water. Living water means a moving stream or a brook or something like that. You mix it in there, and then you go and you collect it. Now that water then is used to purify the priests. So some rabbis to be purified. Well, you're asking a good question. Yep. And and the reason is that when you, when when you live in the agricultural world, you realize. There is no life without a cow. The cow is so important. Milk, leather, meat. It also pulls. 
like it pulls the, uh, it does the farming work for you, right? So the cow is just, and also why the cow is beloved, it can't run away. It can't harm you. Like the cow literally gives the human being all benefit and no harm. That's why people in the old world, they love the cow, right? So you notice here that Baal was a group of people that had a, they worshipped a cow. In India, they worshipped a cow, okay? So, and the, and the Jews, they have these things with the cows. So now they have to purify themselves. How shall he clean it up? All right? A man who is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and put them in a ceremonial clean place outside the camp, Okay, they are to be kept by the Israel community for use in the water of cleansing. They will cleanse their body with this water. Okay, they will cleanse their body. See, we say in Islam, look, you cannot cleanse your sins by some shortcut like this. You got to make tawbah. There's no shortcuts. Okay, there is tawbah. All right. So when they do this, then the beginning of the temple, we can start building the third temple. Temple was built once by uh, Isaac. Wait, what's the order? It was built by Abraham and Isaac, then destroyed. Then built by Solomon, then destroyed later on. And now it's going to be built again by this third uh, uh, temple building. Once they build that, then Jesus will come down. And for the Jews, their own Messiah will come down, who's not Jesus. Okay? Uh, mainly the evangelicals. Now, because the evangelicals did it, so what did one evangelical guy do in Texas? I'm telling you, they're out there in Texas, there's something else. The guy opens up a company, okay? And he starts buying red cows and mating them together, Right? Mating them together. You think God's going to be fooled by tricks like this? He starts mating cows together until this year he got five perfectly red heifers, heifers, cows. And he went to the Jews in Israel and he said, we got them. We got five. I mean, you need one, but we got five. Okay. So they're like, all right, what do we do? Now, you're not going to believe this. This is just hilarious. We, how do you fly, fly five cows from Texas to Israel? They went and they applied for a pet visa. And they purchased six American airline tickets from Texas to Israel. And they had 250 passengers in an, Amer an American airline, you know, plane, one of them was the pet owner, I guess. And in the luggage, with the luggage, they had five cows as pets. Okay. And they literally flew them over on American Airlines. The rabbis consider the red heifer one of the greatest mysteries of the Torah. Even they wonder how it's possible that the ashes of the sacrificial animal can purify from sin and defilement. In Islam, we don't have any anything that will purify your sins except your own behavior, your own tawbah. Okay. Furthermore, in an apparent paradox, these same ashes that purified 
also made anyone involved in the red heifer preparations, okay, unclean until the evening. Are we... This stuff makes no sense. So what happens to that guy, though? He flew. Huh? What happened when he flew over? Yeah, they flew over with the cows. So the cow has to be three years old. But the cows at this point are around two years old. Well, well, at least when they flew over, we're two, about one and a half to two years old. So maybe now they're three. Now, what do they have to do? They got to keep looking with a magnifying glass for any white hairs. The moment there's a white hair, you're disqualified. If there's a black hair, disqualified. If there's a brown hair, you're disqualified. You need to be a pure ginger. <laughs> okay. The commandment regarding the red heifer. Is ginger like a bad word for Irish people? I don't know. I mean, I, I hear it around, but I don't know if it's like derogatory towards them. So if it is, I apologize. The commandment regarding the red heifer is such a mystery that the rabbis place it in the category of chukim, divine decrees that cannot be understood by our limited human understanding. <clears throat> okay. Some Jewish sages believe in the ordinance of the red heifer to be connected to the sin of the golden calf. Okay. The red heifer is believed to serve in some ways as atonement for the terrible consequences of the Israelites worshiping the golden calf. Ultimately, however, the understanding, understanding the reasons behind the red heifer and the mechanism of this purification process is beyond our intellectual capacity. Does your intellectual capacity allow you to check the transmission or no? Right? It's one thing to say, well, God said so and we just believe it as it is. It's another thing to ask, did God actually said so? say so? Your whole book would be disqualified if that's the case. Nevertheless, Orthodox Jews are willing to humble themselves and be obedient in performing it because they love and fear God. I respect that. But let's make sure God said it first. That's the difference between our dean and their dean. We totally respect it and we love it, okay? This submission. But let's see first if God said it or not. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people, Okay? In which he said, we hear and we obey. All right. Now, what is the third temple? In order for a cow to qualify as a red heifer for this holy purpose of purification, it must meet the following requirements. The red heifer must be absolutely perfect in redness. Even two hairs of any other color will disqualify it. Even the hooves must be red. It was said to, it must be three to four years old. Okay. It must be free of any kind of internal or external defects or blemish. It must not have been used for any type of physical labor and never been placed under a yoke, not even once. What does it mean by a yoke? Um, like uh, an umbrella? Okay. So once they get this, now what do they do next? The animal was not technically a sacrifice since it is not slaughtered and burned in the temple. Rather, it is to be slaughtered on the Mount of Olives okay, outside the camp. The, okay. the Temple Institute is the organization that is trying to breed these, these red heifers. Okay. They have found, in 1997 and 2002, they came up with candidates. They arrived in Israel 
And unfortunately, with the magnifying glass, they found white and brown hairs. So, it was wasted. Now, what did they do? Eat it, I guess. Even Christian Zionist ranchers in Texas have tried to produce red heifers so they can transport them to Israel and then build the third temple and then Jesus will come down. See, messianism is the idea that your behavior is influenced by signs of the end of time. Our behavior is never influenced by signs of the end of time. Our iman may be strengthened when we see the prophet's sayings happening in the world in front of us. But our behavior will never... <coughs> That's why the signs of the end of time are never influencing fiqh. They're never evidence for fiqh. Okay. They're never evidence for fiqh. Like what? Like, we know that most of the events of end of time will happen in Jerusalem and Syria. However, there is no recommendation in Islam to move and make hijrah to Jerusalem and Syria. Okay? It's not sunnah. It's not mandub. It's not a called upon thing for us to do. Okay? And there were a group of people from Scotland at one point who... Uh, a man began to lead a circle and have a following. And he started to have a vision and a dream that the Mahdi is coming very soon. Take all your followers and move to Damascus. Well, they all did. And then nothing happened. And they became so disillusioned and so disappointed. And the whole group broke up. And, you know, people, they um, burn out of the deen when this happens. We're not allowed to do these things. Now, these Christians are all about this, though. Like, they're, these, these evangelicals out in Texas, it's another breed. And there's a, a whole YouTube rabbit hole. If you want to learn about them, there's something else, right? And, and, and even many of them are so confused. They're so confused. Because they hold that basically them and the Jews are allies right until the third temple is built then their Messiah, Jesus, is the opposite, is viewed as the Antichrist to the Jews, okay? And then what co- totally confuses them is that Muslims believe in Jesus coming too. So I'm listening to this woman, you know, from her house in like Texas or something, talking about this one time. And then you come to the realize these people really have no clue what they're saying. So she says that the temple's going to be built then Jesus is going to come down. However, the Jews are going to be against him. Jesus will be the Antichrist of the Jews, okay? Then the real Antichrist is going to come down, okay? And he is the Mahdi of the Muslims, okay? That's the real Antichrist, yeah. But then the real Antichrist confirms in Islamic belief that Jesus comes down too, right? And I'm like... Do you know what you're saying? It just makes no no sense, right? So she's like, so we end up do having something in common with the Muslims. However, Jesus comes down not as God, but as a prophet. As if that's some kind of shattering. She made like a shattering, you know, mic drop moment. Absolute, utter, you know, talking nonsense. Uh, but anyway, let's continue to get educated here on what is the messianic beliefs of uh, related to Israel. 
Okay. Rare is the operative word. It's very rare that such a cow could exist. But now there are supposedly five in Israel. And they've been sent over through American Airlines. The Mishnah, which is the authoritative text of oral tradition, teaches that only nine red heifers were sacrificed from the time of the tabernacle uh, until the second temple was destroyed in 70 AD. The Jewish sage Maimonides okay, believed that the 10th animal would only be found and sacrificed when King Messiah was ready to appear. That's the, the one that they're looking for. This is one reason why many Jews and Christians wait in anticipation for the discovery of that perfect unblemished red heifer. However, the result is the opposite. Jesus comes down as a result of that. That is the Christian Messiah. But he's the Antichrist of the Jews. Make it make sense, to be honest with you. All right, their burnt offering and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, the book of Isaiah. Jewish sages believe that when the Messiah comes, he will stand on top of the roof of the temple and proclaim, humble ones, the time of your redemption has arrived. And here you have all sorts of organizations trying to find red heifers. And and they have found it. Okay. So that's the idea of the red heifer. And the, the belief that as soon as they get it, they sacrifice it. And then they're going to start, you know, with their building the temple. All right. However, if you're part of it, if you're part of um, producing the red heifer, then you will be impure until the evening. Okay. So what happens when the clock strikes midnight? You're pure. So all, I'm pure and impure by all sorts of things that have nothing to do with me. All right. So this is the concept and yeah, uh, of forcing God's hand in you know, Christian messianism, which is the idea that we have to create the state of Israel. We have to establish, uh, we, we need to establish the temple so that God can come down, which is Jesus and come down. That is a concept of forcing God's hands. All right. Next order of business we have here. The latest update on the war is that it's been confirmed that 6,000 bombs have come down on Gaza. 6,000 bombs. Okay. Non-stop Israeli air raids. And Israel is saying that you will not get electricity back until you release the hostages. Okay. 150 Palestinians were killed yesterday. No electricity no fuel, no humanitarian aid until Hamas releases all captives. Okay. France, again being France, bans any pro-Palestinian marches. Okay. Um, Israel says 3,600 targets have been hit in Gaza since Saturday. Okay. Um, and there is another 
piece of news. I don't even know if we can read this, but this piece of news states that uh, supposedly, and Allah knows best if this is the truth, but supposedly um, Hamas has said that Friday is the day that they will um, be responding, supposedly. And this is from DC Drano, uh, Twitter page. Hamas is calling for an international day of blank. I'm not going to say it on there so we don't get knocked off. On Friday, October the 13th. I don't buy that one, but nothing. So the reason I said it was because of the replies. The tweet itself is like, no one knows if it's true. You don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. There's no evidence of it And it could It could be just something You know uh, Just a distraction It's very scary though To see the replies Yeah People are very ready To just kill a Muslim That's the world That we live in folks The world that The century that we live in Right now But Everything's gonna be different By around 2060 Next generation They're gonna be Things always change and the world right now, it's like free reign on Muslims and Islam everywhere out the world. But it's, it's not going to last. It can't last. Okay. Here we have Islam, right? How are you? Good? Yeah. Looking good. Uh, France has ordered that pro-Palestinian demonstrations be banned. Okay. And anyone who participates in them shall be arrested. Okay. Uh, you know, these people are not honest when they're called for human rights as what's going on in Gaza is a complete, you know, uh, has to be some kind of war crime. You cannot allow uh, these types of things, uh, medical, electricity, food. You can't take a whole uh, uh, nation and deprive them of these things. Okay. Even uh, Ian Chang, which is pro-Zionist, this guy is a one of these guys in Malaysia with who's on his phone 24 hours a day, uh, and he's on every single possible Telegram group, and he posts provocative videos. Um, and you know who he he hates the woke progressives, but he also hates Palestinians, and um, even he. Is putting up stuff. Why don't I'm going to send you this video, uh, Omar? You could put it up, showing the um, uh, the destruction that's happening now in Gaza. I'm going to send you two videos, actually, Omar. So if you could put them up, uh, that would be good for us to, to get an update on what's happening, because now we're starting to see the footage. Now all the footage is coming through. Okay, and I'm going to show you another footage of one of our Maliki students, uh, Maliki fiqh students. That uh, uh, of his apartment, okay, his aunt's apartment. We all know this brother, and he got the direct footage, you know, from his family, you know, family WhatsApp groups and stuff. Uh, Rutgers University, hilarious that um, they made them now do their march on Zoom, their protests. That is ridiculous. The Philistine march. Oh, it's the Philistine march. Yeah, wasn't it? Which one is it that they... 
Yeah. Yeah. He says, no, he says, look, to all, this is a, a note from within. Do not go to Broward to protest. The university has transitioned it to an online protest. Okay. This is the Students for Justice for Palestine or whatever it's called. Okay. Absurd. Absurd. But what do we expect, though? Like, not I'm not uh, surprised about anything, any of this. The whole world's gone one direction, right? And it's just it's what I expect. All right, Omar, let's get that footage up from your, that I just sent you. Yeah. One thing that this, one benefit that you, you can derive from this is it really divides the ones who are true to Islam and the ones who are just, you know, like sellouts. See what's happening now. You know everyone's position, right? When the Dajjal comes, it's going to be the same way. Everyone's position is going to be known, right? You know everyone's position. There's not a person out there of any kind of influence that hasn't, uh, you know, made a statement. Okay. While we pull this up, let me uh, take a look at some of your comments. We're going to do more of an extended comment section today because we haven't really done anything lately. All right, let's see it. Look at that. that was, so they were able to escape the bombing. They left. But this is what they came back to. Pick up that muscle. يا الله تعال مفتوح على بيتك يا حبيبي تعال 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 alright let's get the other piece of footage now yeah I sent you a link Yeah, even him. Forget, don't don't put his picture up. Just put the video up. Yeah, just that. Our religion is very simple. We don't act upon messianism. We may have beliefs about it. But whatever we're gonna, whatever's gonna happen in the end of time, it's the same law that we're living now, and the same thing we're living now. We don't actually have these, uh, you know, things where we're gonna now change everything the way we live because of a prophecy. No, prophecies when they happen, we see it. We we know the prophet was true. Otherwise, whatever this, the law that the prophet brought is the same law that we live by. That's it. That's the difference between the messianism and Islam. We believe in signs of the end of time. 
but it's a belief only. And it's something we see with our eyes, but we don't take action upon it in, in the sense of anything that's changing the way we live just based upon a belief that something will happen in the future. All right. Anything that we do is going to be based upon something the Prophet and the Quran has already told us, right? which is the Sharia. Someone once said, how do I get ready for the Mahdi? He said, well, what is the Mahdi bringing? The Mahdi is the awaited imam of the end of time that's going to help the Muslims right, as a leader and revive Islam, Unif- unify all the Muslim countries, fight their enemies. Okay. Well, the Sheikh said, well, what is the Mahdi bringing? He's bringing the Sharia. Is he bringing a new law from God? No, he's bringing the same beliefs and law and he's reviving them. So we already have what he's bringing. So study it and act upon it. That's it. We have a very simple religion, I'm telling you. All right, click. Look at this. Not a word of condemnation. It's just rubble. Oh, he's gray cement. That's all it is. Gray dust. The whole nation is now gray. It's just gray dust. That's all it is. All right, let's go to Q&A now for a few minutes, and then we wrap up. Rutgers ought to be ashamed of themselves, to be honest with you. Freedom of speech, everything, is one-directional with them, with all these frauds, honestly. LeBron James with his tweet, uh, there are a bunch of frauds, all of them, the whole lot of them. Don't listen to anything they say when it comes to freedom of speech, respect, uh, whatever. None of it. It's, they're a bunch of frauds. Okay, justice. Funniest part of it is, uh, you know how there was a meme that um, yeah. he was reading Malcolm X's biography and then they asked him a question about it. He's like, oh, it's a good book. Well, like, he didn't read the book, basically. Who? Who did he ask? LeBron James. It was like a oh viral meme God. back in the day. Like He didn't read the book, right? And they were like questioning him. He was trying to act smart, basically. And the people are like, you should have read that book. Malcolm X, you should have seen what his stance on yeah. this whole situation. Malcolm X was not loved in his time by the, 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 the establishment. These guys are Mr. Establishment. Okay? Malcolm was uh, blaming against yeah. Israel or Surat al-Isra. Can you talk about Surat al-Isra? Yeah, Surat al-Isra does point that there will be two times in which Israel, Israel, the sons of Israel, whatever you want to call them, the Yahud, rise to great heights two times. لا تفسدن في الأرض مرتين ولا تعلن علوا كبيرا. You will sow corruption in the earth twice. And you will rise a great rising. Now, who is saying it's a great rising? Allah himself is saying it. Like if a child says, there's something scary over there. What do you think it is? Maybe a spider or something, right? If a military general 
says there's something scary going on. What do you think it is? Some crazy person with a nuke, right? So when a word is uttered, consider who's saying it. Allah himself says, Okay. You will rise a very high to very high heights. Does anyone have more power in the world than them? And they try to tell us it's a myth. Really? Then why is it that we can't say it? If you're so powerful, why can't anybody, people can't say you're powerful? You've been able to silence the whole world. The, the established world, right? You're able to silence all of them. As one time, the Malaysian president, President of Malaysia, said this one time. He said, no, they control everything. They control the banks, they control the media. And the whole world engulfed on him in condemnation, right? So he ends up, I think, on CNN or something. And they say to him, how could you say this, right? The whole world has condemned you. He said, you've proven my point, right? <laughs> Why is the whole world running to their defense then? Okay. In any event, uluwan kabira. However, in Islam, we don't hold that there will be any success for the Muslims until they are described by what Surah Al-Isra has described them as ba'athna ibadan lana. The description of those who will liberate the Palestinian people and liberate Al-Aqsa from this oppression are their description is Ibad al Lana. They are worshippers of ours. So their first description is not soldiers of Allah. Their first description is worshippers of Allah. And that was the description of those who liberated Al Aqsa from the Crusaders, the Christians. Now, the Christians is not mentioned in Surah Al Isra. This is the the, the the Jews were not r- ruling at that time. It was the Christians. But if you look at some of the things that were said, Nur al-Din al-Zanki one time, he had a vision of the Prophet And the Prophet pointed to two yellowish, reddish-haired men, blonde men, and said, save me from these two. And Nur al-Din, he's in Damascus. So he woke up and he didn't really know what this dream was all about. So he went back to sleep. Had the dream again. Woke up again. Same dream. This time, he, again, didn't know what it means. Like, he's in Damascus. What does it mean, save me from these two men? So he sleeps again. The third time, he wakes up, and the prophet is speaking with urgency. Save me from these two men. So, Nuruddin wakes up. It's before Fajr. He makes wudu. He goes downstairs to the masjid of the palace where they live. For Tahajjud, who does he find there? His chief minister, already praying Tahajjud. These were people who were awliya, right? Imagine that. Like what kind of taqwa, what kind of deen did this, is in this palace that when the emir, the khalifa, goes downstairs for Tahajjud, he finds already his chief secretary is already there. His prime minister is already there, praying Tahajjud already. And he was a, sh- a sheikh. So he asked him. He was a faqih. He said, this means that there is some mischief happening in Medina. You have to go now. Okay. He said, okay, we'll pray Fajr and then go. He said, no. Prepare now 
Start waking everyone up now. This is the command of the Prophet. And the Prophet in the Quran says that if I call you to what gives you life of the da'akum nima'ahikum, right? Who, when the Prophet calls you, you go now. You, you obey immediately. You don't delay it. So he did go. He packed up. They arrived. When they arrived, he, he had an audience in the mosque of the Prophet Sallallahu in which he was giving out gifts to the people of Medina. And that's what he did all the time to honor the people of Medina and give them out gifts. <coughs> so he said, I want every man of Medina to come so I can give him gifts. Now, those two people were claimed to be Moroccan people. And two Moroccan men, they said, are there. He said, bring them. He brought them over. And they said, no, no, we're, we're wealthy. We don't need gifts. He said, come anyway. He looks and he sees two blonde men. Okay. And he said, where do you live? He said, we're living there. We're making hajj from Morocco. He said, okay, we're going to investigate your house right now. And they, he goes in, they start doing an investigation. All of a sudden, he doesn't see an Islamic house, a Muslim house at all. There's nothing, sign of a Muslim home here. Of course, they'd rented out a property. They get there and they uncover that one of the rooms has a tunnel being dug with the intent of exhuming the body of the Prophet ﷺ and removing it from Medina. Thereupon, they admit that they're Christians from the Frankish territories, came in the guise of Moroccans, uh, and that this was their plan. So they were executed on the spot, and then Nuruddin then... Um, dug all around the grave of the Prophet and put lead. Okay. And so, that's a taqwa that those, those, those people, that's why we say, ibad and lana. The Muslim armies never succeed unless they can be characterized as worshippers before they're characterized as soldiers. Okay. When Sayyidina Omar came, the mosque of Al-Aqsa was not used by the Christians. It was not something that they valued. They, did not, they didn't value it. But they had the keys for it, like some ancient remnant, and they knew the Muslims valued it. So when Sayyidina Omar came to meet this uh, patriarch of the Christians, he said, here, he gave him the keys. He didn't really, they had no values for Masjid Al-Aqsa. And Sayyidina Omar found it to be a kharibah which means it was destroyed. It was just like in ruins. So Sayyidina Omar ordered that it be cleaned and revived. So that was not a conquest of Jerusalem either, or of the Yehud. Okay. This is also why in 1973, Sheikh Muhammad Mutwali Sharawi narrates and says that Egypt and Syria went into Israel and everyone thought that they're going to do it. They're going to conquer the whole of Israel and take back Al-Aqsa. But he knew and believed that it wouldn't happen. And when they failed, he prayed two rakahs of shukr. And they said, Sheikh, why are you not supporting your people? He said, these are not our people. He said, these Egyptian and Syrian armies, right? The, the rhetoric and talk had nothing to do with Islam. Nothing to do with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the soldiers there, I heard him directly saying, I was right there in the room directly. He's saying, the night before the battle, 
The night before they went in, they were passing around illicit magazines. They were passing around illicit magazines and cards, illicit cards to one another. The night before the battle, that's what they were doing. He said, I knew we're not winning anything. Stardust, what happened to yesterday's stream? They deleted it. YouTube deleted it, but you can watch it on Facebook. Do Hamas have the blood of innocent Palestinians on their hands? Does Hamas represent the people of Gaza? At least the majority. Do they represent the will of the people? Because they're ideally in Islam, the ruler should represent the people. So that's the question you have to ask. Is there going to be World War Three soon? Nah. We never know about this stuff. We never know about this stuff. Get some ginger and turmeric. Yeah, maybe not. Why not? Hmm? Yeah. A couple more questions now before we wrap up because we're going to wrap up. There's Ben Shapiro added again. You wanted pictorial proof of dead Jewish babies? Here it is. You Jew haters. This is what he's saying now. And he's lost it. All right. What what is this? This this is your evidence? That's evidence? You're a lawyer. Where is the context to this evidence? It's a it's a picture of I don't know what this is, right? But where is the context of the evidence? Uh, as a piece, it's just a picture, right? Of something black. Who knows what it is? But this is why I said one of the major things about this war that everyone's got to pick up on is to be savvy enough to understand what is digital evidence and what is not. It's not about what it is. It's about what you can prove, okay? It's not about who did what. It's about what you can prove. All right. And this is not proof. Hey, could it be a baby? Of course it could be. Is it fathomable that a Muslim do something wrong? Of course it is. Of course it is. But this is not evidence. When you put forth a piece of evidence, it has to have a context. It should be a video that has a context to it. Pictures are no longer evidence in this world that we live in. Pictures don't mean anything. It, needs, it should be a video with some kind of context to it. Okay? SubhanAllah. I wonder if anyone's written on like a framework for Muslims especially and yeah. how we can like ascertain whether or not something's valid information. Like, so in the past, obviously, we had hadith and we had yeah. a different... Like we had the sunnah. But with the mod- modern you know, technology, well, is there a way that we can ascertain like someone who's actually been in the field? Yeah. I wonder if someone's written about this. Like, there is uh, what they call forensics. AV forensics, that's really what it is. Audio video forensic uh, uh, forensics, which is a deep study of, let's see here, AV forensics is really what it is. 
uh, a deep study of a vid- video. But it's not, we're not going to rely upon that because it's too specialized. Mm. Like when I need a piece of evidence, it should be a video with plenty of background, plenty of, for, uh, of, of evidence of the date and of the location and of what we're seeing, right? I guess I was just wondering, like, if we can apply our older, like, our standards for hadith and everything. Yeah. All those standards is just commonsensical stuff. All of hadith is common sense, yeah. right? It's what gives me surety of this, that this is happening versus not. That's essentially what it is. What gives you satisfaction that this is what is claimed to be said. And what Ben Shapiro is putting up here, okay, is far from... There is not a single piece of context here, nor does it indicate that it's a baby. Okay? We have no date, no item, no location. I'm surprised by a lawyer of his, you know, education and background posting this stuff. In this day and age where everything other thing is a lie and Twitter has gone under fire for being... uh, you know, those, the, the, the least strict in what it allows on its platform. Heck, it could be a Palestinian baby in Gaza, right? You don't, there's, there's no evidence, there's no, uh, and, and if he produced actual evidence, we condemn it. But produce actual evidence. And then we would demand you condemn what your people have done if we're playing a, con, a con, condemnation game here. And you know the funny thing is that this the, the fraud, the fraudulent journalist Nicole Zadecki, she's a complete fraud. You notice that when she her her claim that the 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 forty babies that she saw with no head was at the end of her her segment. You notice that it came at the end of the segment. Wait, what did you lead with that? Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like let me get you the exact thing. Right? It's at the end of the segment. Listen to this. The claim comes from this journalist during a walk and talk. She makes the claim saying, I see in the distance more bodies being covered. Babies. Their heads cut off. The whole segment, that's the end of the segment. What did you lead with that segment? Oh, and by the way, what do you mean? What? Oh my, literally is on the spot talking, on the spot. That's why Chocolate Wall is right. He said, if there was any evidence, where are the parents? Where are the families? Where are the moms? Where are the dads? That's 80 parents right there. Like I said, don't, don't get yourself upset by all this nonsense. Because the clock is ticking. I am 100% confident that they are not producing a generation that can maintain the project of their forefathers. 100%. 100%. Because I'm a big believer all right, in this concept. Okay, The concept that Ibn Khaldun and... I think it was maybe Aristotle, all right? Or Plato. Could you stop playing with those keys? It's making noise. Uh, All these good times and this great wealth 
and parties produces very soft people. They cannot carry the burden. They can't carry the burden. It's just a matter of time. But what do such corrupt people do? They resort to vicious and nasty techniques. And they think only about the short-term future, which is why I believe that they will commit and are already committing grave atrocities, but I think far greater than what we're seeing here today. Just a reminder of the Mossad. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? The motto? Mossad? Mossad. By war of deception, thou shalt do war. Motto of an Israeli intelligence that's their, that's their service. Yeah. of deception. Yeah. So just to remind people, like, these lies are not, it's not surprising. No. This is what they want. That's what, not, they, this is what they do. Americans support Israel by a 67-18 margin, mar, margin. Support for Israel is bipartisan. Okay. Yeah, we're taking questions only related to the subject and only for the next five, two minutes. Salman asks, no one wants the baby story to be more true than the IDF, and even they deny it, right? They denied it. Show us the pictures, right? If they're saying, they're saying now, um, Rutgers... They graffitied that Biden confirmed it. Well, look, the confirmation of somebody who really should be in a nursing home doesn't count. And I think it's abuse what they're doing to the guy. Because he goes and he says, oh, I saw it. The man should not be talking in public. It's, it's, it's senior abuse, elder abuse. Biden the man should not be things. talking. He should not be talking. He sees a lot of things that no one else sees. Yeah, then they go... Then they go and... Uh, and have to deny it, right? In embarrassment. The White House has to deny it. All right, what is happening tomorrow? What's happening tomorrow? March, New York City, Palestine. There is a march tomorrow. Um, people were saying, can you please announce... NYPD preparing for pro-Palestinian rallies on Friday. So, Uga Panda, you're in New York. Tell us. All right. In the meantime, hey, Uga Panda, give us the update on this. All right. In the meantime, do Jews actually worship Ezra? No, it's only a small cult that only the Jewish theologians knew about that said Ezra is the son of God. And when the Quran says this, it was to reveal knowledge that the Prophet would not have had. That's what it was. Okay. Someone's asking about the self today. Yeah, we have self class after Maghrib. Are serious, do they still exist, that small group today? I don't think so. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will wrap up. Jazakumullah khairan, everyone. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-lazina amanu wa aminu al-salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-haq. Wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Let's go.